Welcome back to the KPO Podcast. I'm your host, Jagisha. Today we have an electrifying tale that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Get ready to join us on a spine-chilling journey into the pages of The Only One Left by the master of suspense, Riley Sager. Brace yourself for an unforgettable experience as we cover the secrets that lurk within the pages of this mesmerizing novel. Throughout the book, Sager's masterful storytelling prowess keeps us guessing, breathless with anticipation, and constantly questioning our own perceptions. The Only One Left is a roller coaster ride of emotions, leaving us gasping for breath until the very last page. Welcome to the podcast. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Tell us about the book. Yeah, it's very loosely inspired by Lizzie Borden. And when I say very, I mean very loosely inspired. Um, It is about a a home health aide named Kit, who is sent to care for a woman named Lenora Hope, whom everyone suspects murdered her family when she was 17. It is now many, many years later, and Lenora is in very poor health. She can't walk. She can't talk. All she can really do is move her left hand which she uses to communicate on a typewriter. And one night to Kit, she types out, I want to tell you everything. And that begins Kit helping Lenora type out the story of the night of the murders. And there are so many secrets and so many things that people don't know. I love the book, by the way. I read through it and loved it. And I... There were so many plot twists and um, I had so much fun and I couldn't figure them all out at all. I was uh, taken by surprise by quite a few of them. Thank you. Yeah, it is. I do think it's my twistiest book so far and um, people seem to be loving it, which is awesome because I love it and I had a lot of fun writing it. Mm -hmm. So let's take a little bit of a deeper dive into Kit and some of the other characters in the book. Yeah, Kit has been going through a rough patch. Um, She's had some trouble with work. (laughs) Um, She's just coming off a suspension. Um, Her mother passed away recently, so she's not in the best mental state. And then she comes to this lavish Gilded Age mansion that sits on a cliff overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. And has to take care of this woman who is, for all intents and purposes, completely helpless, yet has such this reputation. And so Kit is sort of torn between, like, should I be scared of this woman? No, because she's pretty much helpless. But she also might have murdered her entire family, and now she wants to tell me what happened. And so Kit's going through a whole gamut of emotions here. And I think the reader goes through them as well, whether they don't know whether they should like Lenora or be scared of Lenora or believe anything she says. And so there's all these shifting emotions and opinions. Yes. And she, yeah, it's it's frustrating. And you don't know if you're frustrated with Kit, like, come on, Kit, this is fine. She's harmless. (laughs) And or... Kit, you know, push her. So yeah, she and Lenora herself is also an incredibly frustrating person at times because she's like, okay, I'm not going to answer you and just leaves you hanging. 
Yeah, Lenora is one of my favorite characters that I've ever created. And I love her because on the surface, she literally is just this very old, very helpless woman sitting in silence in a wheelchair. Yet there's so much going on inside. Mm -hmm. And so when she starts typing out her story, you get to see the real Lenora come through. Like she's, she's surprisingly funny. She's also a little bit intimidating and she's very ornery. And that like basically says like, just tell me what happened. And Lenora's like, no, 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 I'm going to take my time here. And she makes Kit wait for the information, just like the reader has to wait for the information. So, so Kit is basically the surrogate of the reader here. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Now, I feel like the house itself is also another character in this book, and I feel like it's sending messages to, to Kit, probably, in a way. Could you talk a little bit more about the house? Yeah, one of the messages is, get out of here, Kit. Why are you still here? But yeah, the, the house is this lavish mansion that once upon a time was incredible. Now it's really falling into a state of disrepair. And so much so that it's leaning ever so slightly toward the sea because of the erosion of the cliff it's on. And so it's literally an unstable mansion. And I loved having Kit navigate this house that is literally tilted and just all the different ways. Like when you reach the second floor, you start to feel a little bit drunk almost because the floor is slanted and when she's brushing her teeth, the water in the sink is tilted and just all these fun things to show like you are not on completely solid ground here. And I wanted the house to really be a representation of her mental state. Like I wanted Kit to feel very, very unbalanced, literally and figuratively. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely got that sense. Now it was set the time period it's set in is it's not it's not present day completely. So now why did you decide to set it when you did? Yeah, it's set in 1983. And I liked it because one, there's not the modern technology we have today. Like if this were in the present day, Kit would just Google Lenore Hope and there everything would be and there'd be no book. And so I knew I had to set it in the past. And 1983 appealed to me because it's close enough that a lot of us can remember it. And even people who weren't born then have an idea of what 1983 was like. But it's also distant enough that it feels like a whole other world. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted that to be part of the plot. Like I wanted this Hope's End is the name of this mansion where it all takes place. I wanted it to feel like a place stopped in time. Like there are aspects of it that have not changed since 1929, which is when the murders occurred. And I wanted it to feel like a place in between time periods. And that just, again, sort of created this sense of this is unbalanced and strange and, and it affects Kit in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And you also get a sense that it's like a, a lot, almost like a locked room mystery there too, because they're a little bit isolated. They're in this, uh, the mansion and there's just a certain number of people that are still there and Kit doesn't know what's going on. 
I, I really wanted the isolation because there are many tropes of the gothic novel, including, you know, like young innocent coming to a place and sinister housekeeper, sexy groundskeeper, windslept cliffs, all that kind of stuff. And part of that is an isolated setting where it's just a cluster of people in this one space mm-hmm. and there's lots of suspicion and lots of mystery and the space itself is almost a character. Did you have all the plot twists figured out before you started writing? I think you say that you usually know the ending uh, before you start writing your book. So did you have all of these different twists figured out? I had, I think, half of them figured out. Like there's there's always like the main twist that I know really from the very start because I need to know what to build to. Along the way, there were some moments where I thought, oh, this might be this might be a fun little wrench to throw into the works here mm-hmm. and then toward the end i wasn't thinking there were going to be so many twists but once they started presenting themselves i couldn't resist like mm-hmm. I, so I, I had the big twist in mind and then thought i need something other than that and then that led to like literally like an avalanche of them. <laughs> I, I i liken it to falling dominoes like the, mm-hmm. this the twist just leads to another twist, which leads to another twist, and they just all start to fall. Yeah, and I would, yeah, they all just, and they fit so well. Like, there was this complex puzzle, and it all just sort of clicked, and when you put it all together, like, oh, yeah, that all totally worked together. So, uh, yeah, so it's a lot, it's a fun book. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and it was it was fun to write, and, and this is the thing with twist, is like, I don't include it if it doesn't quite work. Like, mm-hmm. Because sometimes you're tempted to just be like, no, I want it to make it bigger or more crazy and a bigger twist, but it doesn't quite make sense with the characters or the plot. And so this one, yes, there are a lot of twists, but I tried very hard to make them all reasonable within the world of this story. Mm-hmm. So I got to ask, uh, now that... You're, you've written several books, and I've noticed that all of your protagonists tend to be female. So is that sort of something that you do on purpose, or it just sort of happened that way? It, it just sort of happens. It, it started with my book, Final Girls. That had to be told through the point of view of a final girl, because that is the mm-hmm. horror movie trope. And I don't really set out to write, like, oh, this this has to be a woman narrating. I do come up with, like, a plot or situation first. And then I think of who is the best person to guide us through this plot. And so far it's always been women. That's going to change very soon (laughs) as I'm currently, the book I'm currently writing is, is going to be narrated by a man because in this instance, it was like, yeah, it, it, it makes more sense to have a guy narrating this particular story. So I don't immediately come at it like, oh, it has to be a woman narrating. It just so happens that my previous books, in my mind, is like, this is the best person to be telling mm-hmm. us this story. Absolutely. And that makes sense. And I think Kit Kit is a great character and, and everybody else in the book. There was other characters and, and I just love them all. And they all have their, their different parts and, and it all worked really well. Yeah, they all have their their, their quirks and their secrets. Mm-hmm. So many secrets in this book. Like everyone has a secret. Yes, yes. 
So uh, do you have a particular author that influences your writing or inspires you? Um, I love so many authors and they inspire different things. It, with, with the only one left, I was really going for something a little bit timeless. Like I was, I was really thinking Daphne du Maurier and I was mm -hmm. thinking the fall of the house of Usher. Like this isn't really like those books at all, but I wanted that same kind of tone and that same kind of mood. Mm -hmm. And so I was really looking toward the, the, like the classic Gothic novels of the past when I was thinking of this. Yeah, that makes sense. So, and you mentioned you were writing a new book with a male protagonist. So could you tell us anything else about it? I can't except okay. that it takes place. It takes place in New Jersey. That's really all I can say. Male narrator, <laughs> New Jersey. Okay. So we're, we're leaving Maine. <laughs> yes. We're, we're leaving Maine. Yeah. And it's, um, I'm still smack dab in the middle of writing it. And so everything could change. Like I tell people, like, if this turns out very different than what I'm saying right now, mm -hmm. you'll know that things have gone very awry in the writing process, but knock on word, it'll, it'll remain how it is. Yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I will look forward to that one. Um, I've, yes, I've read almost all of your books. I still have a couple that I'm not, uh, I haven't read, but I love all of them. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Yep. Uh, and so have you ever considered writing in different other genres or you feel like the Gothic horror is sort of your, your place? I I'm very happy with the genre I write in. Like I, I think I sort of walk this thin line between psychological thriller horror mystery suspense like i i like the lane i'm in and it's, mm -hmm. it's it's very fun and so i i really doubt i'll step out of that you know I, I might push at the boundaries a little bit every now and then like adding some like you know the house across the lake has some supernatural elements that mm -hmm. people were very surprised to see so i i might like Dip my toe into other things, but it's it's going to be pretty much the same genre. And last question is, uh, what are you reading or what do you recommend we read? Um, right now I'm reading The Wager by David Grant, which is very good historical nonfiction. Mm. And um, there's a lot of books coming up that I'm very excited to read that I haven't read yet. Um, I'll give uh, Cutting Teeth by Chandler Baker, which is about like four-year-old vampires. Ooh. Like it's 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 like a satire of suburbia and daycare with like I guess they're like literally children vampires. And it sounds crazy and I can't wait to read it. Yeah, that does. <laughs> well, uh, I know I, you have to leave right now, so I'm going to say thank you so much for your time and uh listeners, we have the book here at the Kirkwood Library and um I recommend reading it. Thank you so much. Have a good day. If you're here for the Summer Reading Podcast Challenge, the code word is community. Once again, the code word is community. That's our show this week. Thank you for listening. Join us next week as we speak to best-selling author Stephen Rowley about his latest, The Celebrants. Until next time. <laughs>